This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sound the alarm. Tommy, pick up your sword. Helen, wake up. Traveler, we got to go. It's an emergency episode on the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast, and that's because USC has fired head coach Clay Helton, and we are here to break down the potential recruiting ramifications and implications that this could have for the Trojans. I am Blair Angulo, joined by the national recruiting editor for 24-7 Sports, Brandon Huffman. Brandon, fight on is, is gone for Clay Helton. Unfortunately, his regime came to an end in an unceremonious Monday afternoon tweet. If they knew Saturday night he was going to get fired, why didn't they just fire him on Sunday? You know, take, I, I know when you're firing, you don't necessarily always want to have all the attention on you, but it would have been a good time to do that news dump right before the NFL kicked off. Isn't there an NFL head coach that has been rumored to go for years? Did they win yesterday or did they lose? I mean, which coach are we talking about? There's there's so many, right, that USC Urban Meyer. Is, is, is always rumored with, but the one would be Urban Meyer, and, and obviously he has his recruiting chops. He's done it at several stops along the way at the collegiate level, but USC right now sitting outside the top 25 in recruiting, coming off a, a really a disastrous loss to Stanford at the Coliseum where they scored two late touchdowns to make that score a little bit more reasonable. But those who saw that game, those who stayed up for Pac-12 after dark, know that the Trojans looked terrible on the field. So not only are they not getting it done on the field, they're outside the top 25 in the recruiting rankings right now. And say what you will about Clay Helton as a person and as a man and as a human being, but on the field, it was clearly not heading in the direction that USC needs it to be to, to be able to take back the West, which has been their recruiting mantra for years. So now we look at their recruiting class. They've got two five-star prospects, Michael Williams from uh, the Southeast, as well as Damani Jackson, a local five-star corner who just took an official visit, by the way, to Michigan. So the Trojans right now trying to kind of, you know, patch things up in the recruiting sense. Uh, so I think them doing it now is a clear implication and a clear, I think, signal that they're trying to turn things around before it gets any worse. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think back there to 2013 when, you know, Lane Kiffin was unceremoniously dumped on the tarmac at whatever airport that he was flying out of. And Ed Orgeron, the wildly popular Ed Orgeron, was promoted from the time he was the defensive line coach to the interim head coach. USC won their next game, lost to Notre Dame, and then went on a little winning streak before losing to UCLA. Then they hired Steve Sarkeesian. A year and a half later, or two years later, Steve Sarkeesian was fired in the middle of October, and the wildly popular Clay Helton, promoted from within, won a few games, won the Pac-12 South, beat UCLA, was given an extension. So we've seen when USC has fired their last three head coaches, it's happened early in the season. And the big key, if you remember, when Lane Kiffin was fired and Ed Orgeron was let go and Steve Sarkeesian was brought in, USC ended up having, I want to say, the number one class in the Pac-12. That was a class that produced the Dory Jackson. The only telling my that was in that class. Juju Smith-Schuster, Damian Mama, 
Um, but then there were some other guys, Uchenna Nuosu that was in that class, Ajane Harris that was in that class. And you look at that USC class, and that was really the guys that Clay Helton won with over the next few years. So the, the thing that I'm interested in seeing is with the promotion of Dante Williams, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what he does as a head coach, but from a recruiting standpoint, where they're not in the top 25, where there maybe isn't as much buzz recruiting-wise, does this recharge and rejuvenate their recruiting efforts like it did in 2013 and, you know, set the table for Steve Sarkeesian's first class there and then the floor, first full recruiting class a year later where they got Iman Marshall, among others. Does this recharge recruiting? Because you have a dynamic recruiter in Dante Williams now at the head of the ship, much like Ed Orgeron was back in the fall of 2013. Or is it going to be a wait and see to see who the head coach is permanently? Do they get hot and then promote Dante Williams to the full-time head coach? have another outstanding hire or an outstanding offer out there to somebody who's going to come in. I'm fascinated by how this is going to play out recruiting wise, because with the guy who's got the recruiting recruiting chops that Dante Williams has, does this just kind of, you know, give USC recruiting that extra jolt it needs now that it's clear Clay Helton's gone. You don't know who the next head coach is, but the direction that they're going is away from now. Does this kickstart their 2022 class? I think it will Uh, in short, because that was the big dark cloud hanging over that program when they were trying to recruit, right? The other programs could point out and say, how long is Clay Helen going to be there? Well, that's not the case anymore. He's gone. Dante Williams has that in his chamber now to be able to kind of sell to recruits and and say, hey, we're changing the program. I might not be the head coach eventually, but I can be a part of the staff or we'll figure things out as we go. But the other thing too is like, we're seeing the impact now of what not only the college football playoff has on timelines, but also the early signing period. Right. So now we're heading into mid-December when recruits are able to come off the board. USC now has ample time to make things happen. Right. Whether that's reorganizing their recruiting board, whether that's securing other commitments, whether that's really locking up some of the commits that they have now. The, the five star defensive lineman, Michael Williams, uh, Damani Jackson, the local five star corner from modern day, you know, even a Devin Brown, the four star quarterback in the All-American Bowl, you know, selection from the state of Utah. I, I think this is a clear signal by that administration that they didn't want to take that risk with that early signing period coming with the college football playoff coming. And I do think that USC will benefit from this because at the end of the day, the Trojans recruit and they recruit well. And they're going to mm-hmm. be able to be in some of these battles with Oregon. You know, they used to be in battles with Washington, but they're 0-2 and their, their trajectory seems to be on the downtrend as well. Now they're in some battles with UCLA, which has been getting some national buzz early on in the week. But from a, I think if you're a fan of USC, this couldn't have come at a better time because now at least it gives them time heading into not only the college football playoff hunt, but also the early signing period. The other thing to, to keep in mind too is, you look at Washington or at USC's recruiting in the 2021 class. They ended up with the top class, the Pac-12, for the majority of the year before Oregon passed them up. In fact, they were. I think USC and Oregon were basically jostling for the top spot the majority of that year. But they ended up with the number one player in the composite in Corey Foreman. They had a lot of in-state guys, a lot of local kids stay, and they were coming off a six and zero season, which ultimately ended up with them losing the Pac-12 championship game and passing on a bowl game, but it seemed like momentum was building back in their favor after a disastrous 2020 recruiting class that 2021 ended up to be good. And they had a decent season in 2020 in the shortened season. But then with the way recruiting has kind of, you know, staggered again this year, I think if you look at their class, there's what? 
five guys, four guys from the West region, five guys from the West region right now out of their 10 commits, you know, they've got two from California total, two from California, one from Utah, one from Nevada and one from Washington. So five guys out of your 10 guys are from the West, three from Texas, one from Georgia, one from New Jersey. So was the word out again with the 2022 recruits was 2021 more the anomaly because of the weird COVID year and the inability for guys to take visits. I wonder too, if the product on the field, obviously the product in the field was ultimately what Mike Bone went with the direction to fire Clay Helton, but did the recruiting kind of being stuck in neutral and going back in reverse also factor in and the lack of buzz, it very well could be. But like you said, I think USC is going to recruit well. And now there is no longer the uncertainty. I mean, we've seen this in other sports out West. We've seen it in other sports nationally. We've seen it in other programs that when the, you know, the 800 pound elephant in the room or however much elephants weigh is finally addressed. And it's like, okay, now we don't have to worry about committing to USC and Clay Helton being fired while I'm there. He's fine. We want to see who's the head coach, but what does that do? And are those 10 commits? I mean, I would imagine that the Texans, the, the Georgia native Michael Williams, and obviously Jane Gould from New Jersey are going to be hit up a ton by West Coast or by the East Coast and Southern schools. But I'm interested in what happens with the Damani Jackson. Obviously, he's a big deal. Devin Brown, and that's a very big deal because what attracted him to USC probably in the first place was how much they threw the ball. Much to the chagrin of many USC fans who didn't like the idea of the air raid. You know, quarterbacks love the air raid. They want to go and throw. Does Graham Harold now survive? Does Devin Brown now start to get approached by more stable coaches? You know, what does this do with the uh, Pavian Ross? I mean, obviously, he's probably in a really great spot because as a DB and Dante Williams being his primary recruiter, you know, he's probably feeling like Dante's going to stay in some capacity. But what does this do for some of the other guys? It's going to be absolutely fascinating to watch. And, but I, I, again, like I, I go back to saying, I think they're going to see a Ed Ordron in the fall of 2013 type energy return to re- just at least the recruiting efforts because Dante Williams is uh, just a, a savage when it comes to recruiting. And he knows that that's as big of a life program as anything. 8,800 pounds, by the way, if you're an Asian elephant, uh, <laughs> African bush elephant is, is pushing 13,000 pounds. So uh, hey. it's, a, it's a lot of weight right there. Um, Brandon, USC has some big home games. Utah, they play UCLA in, in November. They play BYU at the end of, of the season. So there will be opportunities for the Trojans to try to show recruits that the temperature and the buzz has changed within the program now that Clay Helm is gone. Brandon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for your time. All right, that is Brandon Huffman. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon Huffman. That'll do it for this emergency episode of 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.